All right. So welcome to the Trifecta podcast, where we talk about many aspects of gaming, some more than others. There's three of us here, just like the three ninjas, only we're just not kids riding in the desert of California. I am Tristan. I can call me Trist. Mine handle is Needle Crash, one of many, so to say. Um, I own, let's see, NES, a Mega Drive, actually, NES, and OG Sega Genesis HD, HD model. I also own a Vita. I know. I'm one of the very people that actually own a Vita. I know. I'm weird. <laughs> I own a Switch, a PS4, an Xbox One X, a PC, and and three very interesting retro systems. I own a Mega SG, a Super NT, and a NT Mini Noir that is no longer being made. Um, what do I like to play? I like to play fighters. Action games, adventure, RPGs, and first-person shooters. I'm not too big into arena shooters unless if it's Quake or Unreal Tournament. Not 2013, not 2007, or 2004, or 3. The OG Unreal Tournament. Yes. That's enough about me. Let's go around the room. How about you, Sam? You're next. All right. I am Samantha or Sam, which most people call me. Um, I see, I play off of Xbox, PC, Switch. Uh, I really like retro, game, retro games, RPG, fighters. I mean, I, I am definitely a game hopper. So I, I mean, for example, I could go from playing Super Mario one day to Resident Evil 7. So I just, I hop around. I like a little bit of everything. So um, actually, the, one of the first games I ever played was Flight Simulator. And I was pretty obsessed with that for a very long time. And they're actually putting a new one out. So of course, that's on my list of things to get. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I feel like I'm really well-rounded and like a little bit of everything. So um, that's pretty much all about me. So hand it over to pat yeah so i'm pat uh, i go by sword five on most platforms i can grab that goofy name uh i have uh, most of the last gen so xbox ps4 uh pc and a switch uh i i kind of i wish i wasn't that guy but i spend a lot of time on mobile gaming these days uh goof around a lot of my phone and uh X, xbox game pass has kind of been my game changer so a lot of the games i end up playing are uh, indie games that pop up on game pass uh, big fan of all that kind of stuff, and that's uh, that's 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 me kind of in a nutshell. I'll, I'll wander and whatever looks kind of neat, what pops up into that. Um, I wish I could say that I was way into the, like the most popular kind of games, but at the end of the day, if you Saints Row was kind of like my favorite series, and that's probably the best shorthand for me. So I'll hand it back to Trust. All right. So simply put, how everybody's week? Good, bad, neutral. The quick, the dirty, the long. How was everybody's week? It was fun. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I would say it was an average week. Uh, I, I uh, ended up dipping into a couple of different things. Uh, just a lot of work, a lot of podcasting, and 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 dip into a couple of different. 
I did a lot of the thing. I don't know if you guys do this, but I, I spent a lot of like quick 20 minutes in a couple of different things, a couple of different yes. games, not, not really Ooh. devoting myself to any one, yes. which I had, but I didn't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I do that a lot. Yes. So I, you know, I work full time during the week and I take care of my son because he's home doing virtual school. So, you know, when I can jump on here and there, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And I have to agree uh, with Game Pass. That's changed a lot of my gaming habits because I've also picked up a lot of the indie games and also the mobile gaming. So, yeah, that's been my week. Just busy, busy as usual. It was funny. I, I did a, I, I'm a radio guy. So I ended up doing a live broadcast at a car wash. And that was like the closest to normalcy I feel like I've had in years. Where it's wow. like you're just in a car wash, like meeting people and just talking on the radio. And it was kind of cool. goofy. Yeah, it's fun, you know, to kind of get back to a little bit of normalcy. Feels like it's coming back. Slowly, but, but surely. I will yes. admit in the back of my head, I, I was totally planning on playing Resident Evil, but I accidentally fell in love with like a Game Pass game instead of Resident yeah. Evil. Yes. Oh my it, God. Yes, it happens to me often. I just, you know, browse Game Pass here and there, and I'm like, oh, you know what? That looks that looks good. Let's try it out. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Game Pass is kind of like what people thought Netflix was like about ten years ago or so. Maybe not ten, but I feel like it's ten where it's like I actually try indie stuff on Game Pass. I'm not just watching like the Fast and the Furious or playing like the most big games on Game Pass. It's like, oh, what's this studio I've never heard of, or what's this game I've never heard of? I feel like Game Pass actually delivers on that idea of the you can play whatever you want to play so you play the small stuff i definitely have to agree with that um i'm a big um proponent of bigger and smaller titles so initially when i first had before now before the ultimate game pass was even a thing i remember when they started rolling it out and i had downloaded a few games and thought i don't know what this is about and then maybe like a year later i'm like Oh, now I, I'm thinking, why does this cost so much? And then I realized, oh, this is what you get. Oh, and then I, I thought, well, how can PlayStation actually compete like this? Because, uh, you know, PS Plus, you know, everything is rolled into the yearly subscription. But Game Pass is something that is extra. Now, I know they just ramped up the cost of it, but for some of the titles that you get, it definitely makes up for it. And it is a bit pricey, but for all the stuff that you get, it is definitely worth it. And nine times out of ten, I'm playing something on Game Pass, whether it is something big or something small. So... It actually took me a bit by surprise, and it, I just had to think. Um, PlayStation should probably step it up a little bit because Xbox is kind of killing them a little bit, just a little bit, not a lot. But yeah, I agree. It took me by surprise as well. Uh, but I have to say, with Game Pass, there's such a wide variety of games. You know, there's there's children and family games to first person shooter. I mean, it's I feel like there's something for everybody there, which is really nice. I, I really enjoy the fact that, so I, 
achievements really haven't done it for me in a long time, but the quest system they've set up for Game Pass where it just kind of tricks you into buying a game. Well, not buying a game, but trying out a game where it's like, yes. oh, I can try and do this one thing. Like, I never would have tried this game, but it's like, oh, I've just wasted an afternoon on carry-on because I wanted to try and do that one quest they suggested. It's been yes. such a fun little way to do things. It is. It really pulls you into games that I never thought I would be interested in. And now I'm like, oh, there's this whole, you know, genre of game that I really enjoy. And it's nice. It's, it's like the type of game, the indie game, that I can just do after work to de-stress. You know, and just... It's really cool. I enjoy it. Have you tried any of the touch games? No. So no. You, you can you can play on cloud, so you really do need like a good Wi-Fi or 5G connection. <laughs> but you can actually play a lot of the you can play a good portion of the Game Pass games. It's baffling because a couple of them like they want you to buy like that control that slashes that, that connects to your phone like as a switch controller. But mm -hmm. a couple are touch con yeah. touch based. Um interesting. I, do, I don't know why none of the like none of the RPGs are touch base. It's like near mm -hmm. automata and like killer instinct. Like none of the games you'd ever play touch base are touch base, but they have a, a variety of games that are uh, touch based. But I will say they just added spirit farrier to touch. So if you're, if you're looking to try something a little glitchy, it's not perfect, but yeah. if you have a good sales connection, it's, it's an interesting way to try out your game pass. Ooh, that's really cool. I mm -hmm. really enjoy it. It's definitely suggested. No, definitely give it a shot. Most yeah. definitely. Huh. As I scratched my head thinking, oh yeah, I should probably look into Project X Cloud. Yeah, I really should. Hmm. So Here's it, attorney. It's not total garbage. I I as someone who is reporting for <laughs> reporting here from the fields of X Cloud, um, I, I've I've tried it a couple bits on the road, um, at other people's houses. So the problem is, kind of what I hinted is like they have a bunch of turn-based games on X Pass where you, where lag really isn't the issue, but mm. um, they don't have those as touch controls. So if you have like one of those fancy smancy controllers, you can kind of get on Amazon for eighty bucks, where you turn your your phone into like a switch. It, it's kind of a good deal. But if you want to play like maybe Slime Rancher or a couple of other interesting uh, kind of games on mobile like those are turn-based games those work pretty well because there is a definite lag if you don't have a solid 5g or 4g connection uh well that's something to think about i need to upgrade my phone in the first place i'm still on 4g <laughs> yeah Oof. yeah that's a 5g so that's nice and i have the controller that he's talking about Oh, well, oh, you two just fancy that. Oh, you? which one? Which one did you get? I got. I you you're you're on the front lines of the future now. Which what? Which one of the? Is controls Air oh, geez, I couldn't even tell you. I just grabbed one. Um, I don't even know. You have one, correct? No, no, I've just been touching. Oh, touch you don't screen. have one. No, oh. I'm I'm a fool. Like, so so for me, like um. League of Legends, they just put out Wild Rift on the phone. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, oh, I don't need a touchscreen. I don't need one of those like slap on controllers because mm -hmm. like they solved the code of like, oh, I can play this game I used to really like six years ago or even three years ago on a phone with minimal trouble, just touchscreen wise. Um, right. And you really do need the good Wi Fi. I got mine. So I had recently upgraded my phone so i was using it prior to that so at home it was fine because i have decent work, but out and about it was just like impossible so you do need a good connection 
I'm not at the point where I would bring one of those things to work. That's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you don't do that. No, no, yeah. So, but it's it's pretty cool. So what are you doing over there in that corner? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Come yeah. No, please ignore this, this giant thing yeah. I'm slapping onto my my phone. This is the wow. way of the future. <laughs> this is the way. This is yeah. the way. <laughs> yes. But I, I am kind of ex- excited that Microsoft is deciding to like. I don't think it's there yet because yet again they have like every Final Fantasy game and none of those are touch based. But it is neat to see mm-hmm. what they're willing to dump on a phone. I just um, it's wild, wild. When I think of my first phone, like the Nokia. Oh yeah. And then when you think of what we have now, it's like it's in, insane what we can do. Welcome to technology, my friend. Yes, it's it's wonderful just to see the growth. It and is bananas. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like because I, I think at a certain point people think it still think of those like idle games where it's like a Tap Titans or like a Egg Ink mm-hmm. when they think of phone games, but it's like this point it's like I can I can strap onto a a mostly recreated version of League of Legends now on my phone mm-hmm. on a four G connection and it still plays great. Yeah. Hmm. But it's it's been a weird weird it's been a weird week of gaming. I I will say um I I know we're gonna get into what we're playing later, but I will shout out um, uh the Wild at Heart. I'm I want to go into deeper details when we're going to fully like what we're playing, but like uh uh that just came out on Game Pass. I caught it after we did our test podcast yesterday, and that game is a a really big surprise in terms of like a 2D Pikmin slash Luigi's Mansion game. That's nice. That's that's it's it's exactly what game pass is for <laughs> i love it yeah like i was saying I, i've come across so many games that i never would have bought because i didn't think i would be interested in them and you know they're on game pass so okay i'll try it like um what's that one drake hollow that's one that i tried that's actually pretty good mm. yeah. i definitely think game pass is a good way for any titles to definitely get a lot of spotlight and i know um ps plus does it as well but i feel as though the game pass kind of they kind of broadcast it a lot more than their other competitors and when they do that you know it's also good because you know you know any game that's typically an indie it's it doesn't typically fit the mode of any of the double a or triple a publishers so the Mm -hmm. fact that they're going out of their way and, you know, they're kind of money-heading, you know, the the indie developers, too, because, you know, oh, they're playing this as long as they have a subscription, but, you know, Microsoft is giving them a little bit of a cut, of course, because of that, because they can't just do it for free, wink, wink, but I think if that's the case, that might lead to even more sales of the actual game itself, or you might see more people subscribing more to Game Pass or doing more renewals with their offering. And the fact that they're doing more of a a shotgun approach for what they offer, you know, on a monthly basis, I definitely think that that's a really good model for them to use. Yeah, I've been curious where it's like, is it like the... um... The business model, because like we had that leak from the iTunes Epic. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but they... There was a leak that came out where um, the iTunes Epic lawsuit that's going on right now, they accidentally 
forgot to redact how much they're paying people that are those free uh, Epic Game Store games. I don't know if Microsoft is giving people a flat rate like Epic is or if it's based on a number of downloads or is if it's based on number of downloads, please everyone download Spirit Farrier a million times. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm very curious to see how game plat. I've not because I know there's probably like a major Nelson podcast or an article written about it, but I haven't looked into how Game Pass actually monetarily rewards the people that have signed up for it. And that's probably internal um, information at this point. Unless it's leaked. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no. Unless there's another lawsuit that gloriously gives us everything we want. Yes. <laughs> You never know. We don't. We don't. <laughs> we really don't at this point. Who knows? But over, uh, overall, I think it, it was a. It's I, I very ram scattered, but a pretty good week of uh, goofing around on on the video games that I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that, man. Yeah, what about you, Sam? What you playing? And how was your week? So. I, like I said, I jump around a lot with games. Um, so this week, I've played a little bit of Zelda, Breath of Wind with my son, and some Injustice 2, um, let's see, Marvel vs. Capcom, Infinite, and I started Resident Evil 7. So I, I just I jump around a lot because, like we were saying, I have, you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And, I just get so interested. You know, I like to collect games, so I'm gonna try them all out when I when I can find time. We I all like have a bit of everything. <laughs> we all have gaming ADD, and that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, it, it just try a little bit of everything because why not? You never know what you might like. So, um, but I am enjoying Resident Evil Seven. Uh, that's something I I haven't had a lot of time to put into just because I have to do it at night, you know, once, once my son goes to bed. Um, other games I can play when he's awake. I'm, not sure. um, I'm looking forward to getting into um, Resident Evil 7 and then I'll move on to Bill and she can take it back. Fancy. Yeah, I need to catch up. <laughs> that game has a strong start, though. I feel like if you've played the intro to if you played the original House of Resident Evil 7, you've really gotten a good taste of that game, though. Yeah, I'm getting there. I played, was able to play a little bit more um, this evening, so... Yes. And I really enjoy the survival horror games. I've always really enjoyed it. I think the biggest thing with Resident Evil 7 is no longer are the games of old in which you had the original fixed camera angles of Resident Evil 1, mm -hmm. 2, 3, Code Veronica, I think Outbreak 1 and 2. I've never played Outbreak 1 and 2. <laughs> um, like, those days are gone now. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it switched from the third-person fixed angle to kind of give you a claustrophobic sense of what's going on to a third-person oh, I'm shooting X, Y, and Z zombies to first person is a definite series evolution. And not because of the mm -hmm. game engine, but the perspective. Like, when I saw the... Um, I think everybody was surprised when everyone saw the original 
E3 2016 trailer of Resident Evil 7 because I looked at it. I was like, oh, this is like, oh, this game looks interesting. I'm kind of getting some PT. Oh my God, this is Resident Evil 7? <gasps> what? I'm thinking, wait a minute. Catcom? First person shooter? Resident Evil? Evil. Okay. Okay. They're vindicated. Okay. They're fine. Never mind. <laughs> all all feelings that were all feelings were squashed because I I didn't know how they were going to do it. Honestly, I didn't know how they were going to pull this off because you know Capcom is not a for they don't do first person. This is not their forte. You know, like most Japanese development companies, they don't do first person shooters. That's more on the lines of you know, on the Western studios, not so much the Eastern studios. I'm not saying they're good or bad at it. It's just not their forte, so to say. But I don't know who they consulted. They consulted within themselves, but I it, it definitely took me by surprise. So do you do you prefer the first person perspective? I think at this point, I prefer equally the fixed angles of their classic ones because one bias because because there was a there was a time in which i used to speed run resident evil 2 when i was 14 but my best time was like two hours two and a half hours with three saves i can't do that anymore because i'm old and i got gray hair on my chin now so that's that stuff is gone <laughs> but because i grew up with the third person perspective of the fixed angles as bad as they were and how the series has now evolved it's i like them both mm -hmm. equally because you're in the eyes of the protagonist whereas in the other one the third person you kind of have a sense of okay who's around something's here something's not here okay maybe i can get through this Oh God, no! There's a hunter just chopping my head off. Okay, never mind. I'm gonna go to sleep with my blankie. Bye bye. Stop. Yeah. I'm so, I'm still I'm still waiting for the first person Resident Evil game with a character. So for me, I I don't know how you guys feel about it, but for me, Resident Evil is more the brand is less the brand, more the characters. Like I mm -hmm. look forward to, like I even joked at one point, like if if capcom wanted to choose a resident evil game they, they they don't even need a trailer they just need like white background black text like times new roman just tell me if it's jill claire leon chris like just let me know which of the main characters it is we still haven't had a first person game i know with in eight chris is in there and we still really haven't fully seen all the kind of chris that, that's in there you you were either but like ethan is this new phase of it so i i really don't know which style of Resident Evil I technically prefer because, like, I really love Claire, I really love Jill, I really love Chris, and I even have like affection for like the minor characters, like Sheva and and uh, and uh, Barry's daughter, which makes Moira, me seem like yeah. I don't have affection because I can't remember Mora, Mora. There we go. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's a good perspective. I haven't even thought of it that like that. Like, I also am attached to the characters as well. I mean, I would love to see what happens. I would like to see Jill in his current timeline or Sherry in his current timeline. Um, 
I mean, characters that we haven't seen in a while that you that has that have naturally been with the series since the get go, and you mm-hmm. know, like the series takes place in 1998, but the game was released in 96. So this is a good 25 years that have elapsed, mm-hmm. you know, between what's happened then to what's happened now. Like I would like to see an like. Um, I was saying, I'd like to see an evolution of some characters that we have not seen in quite some time because I like to know what they're, what are they doing? Are they still in the plot? Like, yo, where's yeah. my girl Jill? What happened to Rebecca? I know yeah, we don't I, got to worry, worry about Barry because we just saw Barry. I, um, I think that's a big reason with Resident Evil 6 having issues is like they wanted to catch up on too many people because if you look at that game that has Claire. I mean, I mean, that has, like, Leon, that has Chris, that has, like, a million different characters in it, and it just didn't have enough space because then they had the two new, they had Sherry that, like, I might be the only person in the world that's like, what's Jake Wesker up to these days? I would like to know. <laughs> you really can get attached to characters, you know, in these games, especially when there's multiple games, and, you know, like you said, it's 20 years old, That's that's a long time, so... Like, I wonder what they're up to these days. And we're and we're stuck with Ethan, like whose yeah. whose whole, who's sole character trait is just like he is the normal dude who just seems to have mediocre reactions to like the worst stuff ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I I still with Resident. I I don't know. It's it's I I keep waffling back and forth because for me it's like I, Resident Evil, like my first. I didn't own a PlayStation. I owned a Super Nintendo, then I owned an N64. And then I owned a Dreamcast. So my first owned Resident Evil. Like, I played Resident Evils at other at other people's houses. For me, mm-hmm. for the first owned one was was Code Veronica. So the first one I really chewed mm. and really... Like, the first one that was really internalized had Steve, had Alexa, had had Alexander Ashcroft with his sniper rifle that could never Ugh. hit anyone. <laughs> like, I remember that. So for me, Resident Evil is melodrama. So I feel like... I always I'm I'm down for that stuff. I love it when Resident Evil is like the bad, weird monster soap opera. Yes. Yes. I definitely agree with that. However, I'm also a big old baby. Mm -hmm. Is I I'm I'm at a point of Resident Evil 8 where I haven't seen it's weird. It's I feel like they took the weirdest lessons from PT where I've been walking around this house where nothing has affected me, and I've been more scared at nothing happening. Than stuff happening. I feel like it's that, like, just apprehensive. Like, you're walking around, like, okay, something's gonna happen. Any minute now, something's gonna happen. So you're just, like, building on, you know, that anxiety. Yeah. Something jump out at me, and it doesn't happen, but you're still so, waiting for it. <laughs> something, please hop out at me that I could shoot so yeah. I could feel so it I at least. Get, yeah. And then you can kind of, like, let that anxiety subside. Because <laughs> you're like, okay, yeah. okay, something happened. That is the essence of classic Resident Evil, whereas I know we were talking about in the original where you got the hunters when you first come in and you hear those footsteps of like, duck, fuck. Yeah. So, and you don't know where they're coming from, but also you said that you're in a certain point where you're just like in this house wandering around, like you don't know what exactly is going to happen. I don't know right. if you have weapons with you or not, but mm-hmm. I mean, God forbid you come across something grotesque, but you don't yeah. know. It's like, oh, I, I will. 
I will give them credit. So they de-equip your weapons when you enter the house. And I feel like it no. was a but you can re-equip them. So I feel like it's a coward test. How long do you press up on the D-pad to quick select your pistol? And mm. I, I went in there a while like, oh, God, do I not have my guns? Do I not have my guns? And there was a point where, like, the lights kind of flickered, immediately pulled up my gun. And I'm like, I still don't feel safe. Crap. Nothing can prepare you, man. It's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, it is cool to play a game like that. It it is it is indeed crazy. It's it's I don't I, I'm just I'm happy that there's still Resident Evils and I'm glad that, that none of them being a fan of that series means you're a fan of a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm also glad that even though that some of the key players of Resident Evil have left, this series has still is still progressing because you know um uh, Shinji Mikami, he was like the head honcho for the series. But, you know, he left Capcom, and now he's the director of Tango Gameworks, which is under Bethesda, which is under Microsoft. So he's doing his thing with The Evil Within 1 and 2. So yes, that's, that's something to take note of as well. And same thing with Hideki Kamiya. I mean, he made, you know, Beautiful Joe... And um, did Devil May not? Did you Devil May Cry? Yeah, I, think uh, May Cry. I never remember the right guy that made Devil May Cry. It's the Bayonetta dude, isn't it? Yes, it is Hideki Kamiya. But his legacy lives on through other people, and what he, what their impact is, is just they've done a great job. Because Kamiya was, I think, the director of Resident Evil Two or co-director. He was high up in the um the management food chain. So they've definitely left a good legacy there. And I mean, even without him there, you can tell that their work is still being felt even to this day. So kudos to them. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. It, it is kind of funny where I feel like Resident Evil slipped into that bond status where anybody can make a Resident Evil at this point, as long as they kind of like, they, they hit in the lanes, as long as you have mm -hmm. enough of those kind of things. And right. And seven didn't have enough of. I mean, well, it, it all depends on your first Resident Evil. Like I said, I, I I came in with the melodrama, so seven had some melodrama for me, like we, like when 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 Daddy went down, all that kind of stuff. Like that that got, that was my gun. Eight has more of the melodrama. I crave chemically mm. as a person. Yeah, Sam, we're not going to spoil too much of seven for you since you've barely gotten started, <laughs> but it's just fine. know. Get your headphones on. Make sure you get some water. Turn on the lights. And make sure you change your sound settings to headphones and virtual surround. Because you, you ain't, you're going to be feeling kind of uncomfortable. And yeah. you may want to watch your back. Like, literally, don't be afraid to do a 180 turn. Because you might yes. get got. And cause, take it from me. Yeah. Take it yeah. from me. Yeah, I, I the last game I played that did that to me was actually an, a a game pass uh, game. It was Plague: A Tale of Innocence. Mm. Um, oh yeah, or a Plague Tale. It's called a Plague Tale. Plague Tale. Um, it it's a stealth game. It, it was just there was a point where it was set in I believe it was the 1400s, 1500s, 
uh, during the bubonic plague. And there's points in the game where like thousands of rats will come out of nowhere and like chase you. And it was just, it was weird. It was creepy. And it, the game definitely made me kind of turn. Uh, is there something wrong with me? So it was a good game. It's good. It was a pretty emotional game as well. I should give that a shot at some point. Yeah, um, it it moves a little slow, and I wish that there was more I could do. Um, You know, kind of search where I want to search or do what I want to do. But it was still really interesting, especially if you are interested in that time period. It was actually really interesting. Hmm. I enjoyed it. I'll definitely give it a shot at some point. Like, I definitely need to. Though, if we were stumping for a game, I know this doesn't fit the outline, but man, can we talk about Spirit Farrier for just a little bit? Yes. I'm new to this. So, somebody tell me all about it. Oh, my goodness. So, as someone who does work in sales, (laughs) it's weird to see a company nail its own brand so well. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Spirit Farrier, they even advertise as a comfy game. Mm. It's. It, oh man, all right. So let me give you the ele- elevator pitch of this, and let's see if you if if you if you're interested. You are basically the successor of Chiron. So like the 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 Sea of the Dead. Like you're taking people to the afterlife. Mm-hmm. But the whole point of the game is that you build out a boat. People come under your boat, and you need to make them at peace to go to the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, you fall in love with everybody that comes onto that boat, and it's. An incredibly emotional game. It was so emotional. Wow. Did not expect it. It took me a while to play it. Um, I was just like, that looks like a, an interesting game. Um, but, you know, I just I downloaded it. And when I got to it, I could not put it down. It was, it was intense. And there's it, some cute birds, like her cat. She has a pet cat that, that's with her. <laughs> there's so a cute. hug button. There's a hug button, yeah. You got a hug. Uh, yes. It's just it's it's one of those things where it's like you look for those things where it's like what separates games from movies, yes. and um, it's this weird thing where like the quests at a certain point. I, I I don't know if you look if you looked at like pure black and white, pure mathematics. The game mechanics are not great. Like mm. everybody that comes on the boat needs these like fetch quests where like oh you need to get these certain level of materials to buy these certain level of things and upgrade their rooms and do it these things. It can take a little while. It could take a little while, but it's like yeah. you spend this time with them and you right. you become attached in such ways where even characters where I was convinced like oh I don't like this person, mm-hmm. but as you get them closer to becoming at peace, you're like oh no I love them. Right. Oh. Same yeah, when you meet them, they're one way, but when they get at peace, and, you know, one of the first quests is, um, you know, to form the the human connection, the physical connection with the hug button. Yeah. Uh. It's just super interesting because it's a game, but I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, with my characters forming this connection, but then you start forming connections with these characters as well. And it's really intense. Seriously intense. It's 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 a game about grieving and in, in yeah in such a wonderful abstract way that like I don't it, it just it's at no point did I really feel overwhelmed but it, like it really yeah. just made me kind of feel like emotionally happy and sad yeah. and just it 
when you say goodbye to certain characters, it's 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 really interesting in in, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, um, and they just actually came up with some DLC from it. They, which which we- feels weird to me because I felt like when I was done with that game, I was done with that game, but they actually <laughs> added a new character to the boat. Oh. <laughs> so, um. Actually, Sam, since you played the game, they added a character that if you befriend them, they'll let you uh, boat around at night. So maybe that'll appeal to you. Oh, nice. Yeah, because once night comes, the boat stops. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's like, go to bed. Go to bed. Yep. You have to go to bed. So, okay, good night. <laughs> but it's pretty funny. But it, it's definitely, if you like, um, it, it's really... I don't, for me, like maybe it's one of those things where you talk about like games kind of like connect you at a chemical level. I love when things get bigger. So like you're constantly doing quests that makes your boat bigger and every mm-hmm. room gets a little bit better and everything is there's all these little things that then amount like it, 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 they they sidetrack the emotion in such a way that you you almost like accidentally become connected to the characters in that game and it mm-hmm. and it also looks beautiful it's animated cr- incredibly and 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 everyone's kind of like an animal yeah 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 i thought that was really interesting because when the game first started um the first one that she meets has like a cloak on or whatever is kind of hiding and takes it off and i'm like is that a deer yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> so it, it it's the most you will ever feel emotionally attached to a giant frog in your entire life. <laughs> yes. yes. Uncle, Uncle Alto. Uncle Alto. Yes. Uncle um, Alto. It's it's definitely worth it's definitely worth at least one through. It, it's Absolutely. it's weird. That's that's a game where I really I actually got the full thousand achievement points out of. Even though like the full thousand mm-hmm. wasn't fun because you have to end up finding like a whole bunch of like you have to find like every recipe and every item. Wow. But like I didn't want to let go of the it, it was at the this is a game I found at the height of COVID. So for me, this idea okay. of just connecting with people and saying goodbye was so like a game catches you at a certain time. I loved Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting time to pick up that game, you know, like when we were cut off from that human connection, basically. So yeah. It's very, and I also feel like it successfully delivers on the original idea of Braid, where Braid tried to sideload in an emotional story that didn't quite connect with me. And I feel like Spiritfarer right. does oh, that masterfully. Man. Oh, God, that game, the art. Now, I am in the minority. The game's art style creeped me the hell out. Like, I, I, can't, I, I can't play Braid. Like, I literally get to the end, and then I said, Oh, what is this game about? And then when I looked at it, I was like, "Okay, I don't want to play this anymore." Like, uh, like I didn't even play it. I just looked at it one, like one year when I was in like computer class. So, like, what is this game about? And I looked at it. I was like, "Oh, this like the art style is like disturbing to me." Then I saw like the really last level with the princess. I thought, "Oh." Wow. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, uh, I, I like just do that. Yeah. Like, what's the phrase? Um, yeah, um, don't stare at the abyss. Yeah. That's too long. Let's <laughs> yeah, become it. So stares back at you. <laughs> oh, back you. It's like everyone's oh. favorite loading screen quote. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Braid, Braid was an interesting game. I was always disappointed by Braid, where I feel like Bl- Jonathan Blow, the creator of that, had loaded it with enough stuff that never connected. Like I, that's why I don't have as big a problem with like um, what's his name? Uh, bah, 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 bah. the follow up game, like the one with all the line puzzles. I can't believe I'm blinking on it. Uh, not Fallout Shelter. Um, it's nah. the it's the island game. It's um. He's only done two games, so this is going to be real quick for me. Oh, The Witness. The Witness. There we go. Like, The Witness, I feel like The Witness at least didn't... The Witness it made you work so hard to get to the the dumb stuff, the, his dumb aesthetics, mm-hmm. where it's like you could at least like enjoy some line puzzles before it got stupid. Like, yeah. Braid always rubbed me... When I got the full ending of Braid, I felt, like, worse for it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of made me... It kind of makes you think, okay, anything I need to let go in life, just let it go. Like, this this is, like, the metaphorical message was like, yeah, don't even bother pursuing, just leave it, bro. I was like, oh, I don't feel yeah. good after playing this. Like, Oh, yeah, that's so good. It's like, what? damn you, Jonathan. Well, I, I thought at first it's like, oh, this is a really clever parable for toxic relationships. And he's like, actually, it's about the nuclear bomb. And you're like, oh, never mind. I need to delete this game and never engage with this nerd ever again. Right. <laughs> like, That's uh... crazy. I haven't played that one, so. Oh, Braid is. It, but... uh, let me pretend that I wasn't toxic about Braid at all and tell you that you should totally play Braid. <laughs> No comment. Well, yeah, right. it, it's it, it, if you get over the start, it, it's it's Mario Brothers with with uh, Prince of Persia style time controls. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's and funny. and every every world you get to changes how the time the time manipulation works slightly. Okay, gotcha. So gameplay wise, it it in all honesty, like there's a speed run achievement for beating the game in 45 minutes, so you can mm-hmm. really burn through this thing if you like really get it. But it yeah. it, it can be kind of clever. It, it's you, you can tell it was made by a mathematician. In all honesty, gotcha. Brady Brady's a <laughs> witness. I have I, I I think witness is the impossible game to recommend to another human being. Mm-hmm. I haven't played it yet myself, so I would not know yet. <laughs> it's all line puzzles. I feel like a madman talking about. It. Yeah. I feel like I want to try it now. <laughs> it's 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 so you are you are dropped in. Imagine you were airdropped on an island full of tablet puzzles, but like you have to walk over to them. But then there's there's puzzles and puzzles. I don't know. I I both love and hate the witness in a lot of different ways that make me really conflicted. <laughs> it almost sounds like too many puzzles. <laughs> it's so many puzzles. So many puzzles. <laughs> yeah. Wow. If I could um, quickly dunk on a game before we move on from the games we've played, uh, Rain on Your Parade is not what I wanted it to be. If either oh of you tried gosh. that on Game Pass, I I tried <laughs> it last week. I was just like, "What is this?" I I thought it was going to be Goose Game, but a rain cloud. So and it's it is not. <laughs> and I love Goose Game as well. Oh God, that game is adorable. I'm a little stuck. It's, that game uh, is adorable. Goose Game is great. <laughs> This game is just oh my goodness the quest like just like get the gardener's hat with the sun throw everything in the lake like what yeah. is this like yeah. this is too yeah. cute and it's so it's so basic but I love it though. it's so basic but it's just it's amazing yeah and that what has me worried because they they kind of pitch rain on your parade 
on Game yeah. Pass is like, oh, you're a rain cloud that tries to ruin everyone's day. But within like two missions, you're like doing like um um you're trying to stop like a bomb from being diffused. Like yeah, it's... It is it is not no it's not great. And it has um that terrible I don't want to call it gamer. Well, I'm just going to call it that. It has like awful gamer humor mm -hmm. where it hopes. So I was like, Oh, you're a gamer. You, you get the idea about us joking. You'll, about laugh, at this. You'll laugh at this. You idiots. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, um, ran on your parade is not great. Like I've, I've played a couple of episodes of it. Like it's breaking up into missions. I'm, I'm, I got through the school level. I don't know if you got that far, Sam. Yeah. I, I got there. Okay, it's it's not a great game. It's very strange. Like the first, like the first one, what is it? You're at the wedding, I think. Yes. And you have to rain on every, you know, rain on a certain amount of people in a certain amount of time. I'm like, oh, okay. But then it just it just gets weird. It's just, it's a strange one. Is it? It's like the the dream is it's like Tris. If you have not played this, it's like the opening level is you're a rain cloud, and you ruin <laughs> someone's wedding. The idea is to rain on all the guests and the bride and the groom. And you're like, oh, this is going to be a really funny game. And then, like, immediately, like, oh, we'll put out fires and stop these guys from, like, defusing a bomb by raining on. It, it like, misses the point of what's funny of being a rain cloud. And right. it tries to be funny about gamer stuff that isn't rain cloud based. Exactly. Interesting. Like, it's They never make a Nimbus joke. I was waiting for there to be a Nimbus joke. <laughs> yeah. What? When I think Nimbus, I think Dragon Ball. Hell yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favorite Nimbus. Right. Flying Nimbus. Um, and I, I guess the final thing I want to mention is uh, Wild at Heart. I just tried. If anyone has Game Pass, um, it is. So I've only played about an hour of it. So maybe this thing turns to garbage. But it seems like it makes a Luigi's Mansion and Pikmin. And it looks like... Um, the uh the the double fine game broken age is uh, broken age is art style but with like pikmin and luigi's mansion gameplay and i am really charmed by it from the original like hour of game i've tried you will have to try that one huh. i would definitely have to look that up for yeah, you, you 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 suck stuff up with the vacuum but you also throw pikmin at things and it seems to be interesting um I, i'm waiting to see like if the mechanic can mechanics can like stretch a whole game but it, right now early on it seems interesting mm -hmm. I'll have to try that one yeah most definitely but yeah, that's everything I, I, I dipped into I, I tried a bunch of Game Pass games on Resident Evil one of these days I'll play Resident Evil again I got too scared and then fled to indie games <laughs> uh, they're safe they're funny <laughs> for me this week I've been playing Resident Evil 3 Remake 7 Eight, um, Saga Frontier Remastered and Hunt Down, which just got um released on Steam, I think, earlier this week. And um, man, I got I got so many stories to tell you about Saga Frontier Remastered. So, <laughs> so if anyone, I'm sure anyone who's had a Game Boy or know of someone who's had a Game Boy, because let's face it. While my school friends had Game Boys, I was still stuck with those little crappy tiger handhelds. And I know we all had played them at some point. <laughs> yes, I had the Power Rangers Tiger game. Yes, I, I had Mega I, Man 3 for it. <laughs> yes! Awesome. Tiger! Yeah. 
Yes, which is still, and that company's still around. Must by surprise when they got bought up by Hasbro. Crazy. And um, if anyone remembers the Final Fantasy Legend 1 through 3, that's not really a Final Fantasy game. It's Final Fantasy in name only. It's actually a saga game, which is considered a... I won't call it a sister series to Final Fantasy because that would be doing it. It wouldn't do it justice, so to say. It's definitely an RPG that is a more of a spin-off from Final Fantasy. And this series has been going on since like what 89 at this point. And um Every most saga games, they they kind of find the biggest thing that you will notice when you play a saga game is the freedom that you get to go pretty much anywhere with some with little restrictions, which is not like most Japanese RPGs. Because you know, if you play Final Fantasy, let's say, I'm just gonna say six, like okay, at the end of this part of the game, oh wait, you get the airship, so I can go anywhere I want in Saga Frontier. Nope, you just go wherever you want. It's like, oh, I'm not used to this type of freedom. Wait a minute. This is this is different. This is definitely different. Yeah. Another thing that and the leveling system is akin to Final Fantasy 2. Not Final Fantasy 4, Final Fantasy 2, the actual Final Fantasy 2. Whereas it's just gonna require some old school grinding, meaning every battle you get that you encounter and you do win if you win usually um you have a chance of some of your stats go up so you have like your hp your mp you know your hit points your weapon points which is like your physical skills your jp which is for your magic like your will your psychic your intelligence your charm your strength vitality you have a chance of all those going up and the maximum HP you can probably get is 9.99, but the damage that you can deal with that is obviously much higher, depending on how you want to grind. But I've already seen speed runs of people playing certain scenarios and beating them in less than an hour since this remastered version came out, and I'm like, oh god, these players are just taking—they're just like breaking all the rules right now. What took me 20 hours is barely taking them two episodes worth of attack on titan just to beat it like wow like i don't I'm, I'm, it is it's like i'm old i don't got that type of time to figure out all of this i'm just going to do what i know but i've put in you know a good amount of hours of it already i mean there's an rpg with like eight protagonists and that's that's a lot <laughs> and um i've put in a couple hours of that and hunt down um it finally came to the steam store and it's a really nice indie title you play as like these bounty hunters that have to actually hunt down all these enemies and these criminals and it's it gives me like a very 80s sin synth 5 sort of old school running gun but it's actually really really good um i don't think they have a demo but if you look at gameplay on youtube you might you might like it and obviously Resident Evil 7 on PC because I'm at the last section before I actually finish the game. I mean, I did finish it on Xbox, 
and I'm still on Resident Evil 8, and I'm still being chased by the big lady, obviously. <laughs> yeah, big lady. <laughs> yes. That's, I love, yet again, I, I kind of hint that I work in advertising, but I am fascinated by the fact that they looked at this game and went, I, I guess maybe it's a moderate spoiler to say the big lady isn't in all of the game. They went like, oh, big lady's where it's at. Just talk about big lady. Yep. On the TV, on the internet, just let people know that big lady. All you hear. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's weird because it's like they get real. It's like big lady is one of like, there's a team of four and big lady is like the first of them. And she's got like other people she works with that are weird. Like there's two like that are super duper weird. And yeah, it, it's, it's strange. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, they let you know, at least it's like, I feel like there's like a little bit of false advertising where everyone thinks it's, it's this big lady, the game, but at least if you play the game, like early on, they let you know all four of the main bosses, like explicitly. Basically. Right. They all get to look at you because it's a first person game. They all look at you and they go, like, hi, I'll be the th I'll be the first boss. No, I'll be the second boss. I'll be the third boss. Like, I get to play with you first. Okay. No you, no you. Like, um, I'm I'm not trying to be here, man. Like, well, I think you better run. Like, oh I why? It's such an interesting I love the 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 pack muling of that game where you're like opening every drawer just trying to find anything you can get. The fact that game has crafting. I think there's more crafting than there was in seven. I, I really enjoy the amount of crafting in that game. Oh yeah. Like you can do crafting and you can do um cooking. Yes, you can do cooking too. I was like, yo, what is this? What is this cooking what is this cooking mama in my Resident Evil 8? I'm like, oh. Yeah, forget even... about tall lady. Let's talk about fat boy. I love fat boy. Yo. The Duke. Yo. The dude. Yes, let, let's give it up to the, to my man. Though. He rolls up in a carriage and is like, "Hello there, what are you buying?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, all right, I like this dude. I know that eventually he's going to turn out to be. What? Well, hold on, before I say, you know, sounds like like I know things. I've not looked up in anything. I feel like the Duke is somehow the final boss of this game, but I love the Duke right now before he betrays me. Wow. Like, he's going to turn out to be like Salazar's fat brother. If I could do a deep cut joke. <laughs> wow. That's wild. That is wild. Um, Sam, when you get a chance, when you finish seven, play eight. Seriously, I, play I, eight. Yeah, I, I had read about, you know, from Resident Evil 4 with the merchant and how there's like a conspiracy theory that. The Duke is actually the merchant from was it in the war? Like he got like real fat or something? Yeah. He, yeah. That's what people he, were saying. He straight up referenced the mer merchant in a way where he goes like one of the times you buy from the Duke, he just goes, Ah, what are you buying? Exactly. I had a friend who said that. Yeah. There's this like whole conspiracy. Okay. I, think I mean I, I mean they're both in Europe, let's be honest. Like yeah. one, like one, like four is in Spain, eight is in, I believe, Romania. Romania. Yeah, yeah Romania. There's, some, there's some Romania. So I'm not really surprised that, you know, given how all these things have been going on, I mean, yeah. all my European folks are kind of rolling in the same circles because what Resident Evil 
Veronica part of that was in France and then Antarctica. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Weird. Antarctica of all places. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, like, why am I even here, man? Like, what is this? One of these days we're gonna get a remake of Code Veronica, and I'll be the one person going, It's about time. Yes. <laughs> That's why I, I got salty when Four is getting remade. I said, Why? Well, I mean Let them hold their craft. Ugh, like I'm glad that is getting a remake, but I don't think the game needs a remake. We need at least six more years for them to try to figure out how they're going to deal with Steve. Oh, and they're going to write him off. Is Steve going to suck or is Steve going to be remade? That's the real question. I think he's probably going to be remade into a minor character. If he doesn't more so if he doesn't scream father while firing two pistols into the air. I don't know what game I'm playing. Yeah. <laughs> definitely felt that Code Veronica enemies were definitely stronger than any of the other Resident Evil games prior to when Code Veronica was a thing. Like, I had actual trouble actually finishing Code Veronica. I'm like, why does this game feel, feel so much harder? And I, I couldn't put my finger on it. I ran into bullets for the final boss. I actually got to the final boss of Code Veronica and had to restart because I ran out of ammo and had to restart the game from scratch. I've been no. Wow. It's it's I didn't manage it properly. It's like I I tried a couple of times. Like oh I mathematically just cannot finish Alexia off. I guess I just need to start over. And that has shaped every Resident Evil game since. I'm like super stingy. You know the ironic part is it's just like how it is in Resident Evil One. You can't, you got to weaken her down, weaken her a little bit, and then, you know, you get the linear launcher, then that takes care of her. Just like how it was in one, where you fight the tyrant. You can't kill the tyrant, you just have to hold it off for a while. Then you get the rocket launcher, and then you finish it off. It's, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, I don't know. I, I feel like Resident man, how crazy is it that it just started in one mansion and now we're like world trotting and talking about all these different and there's a Netflix series starting like what in two months? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll report yeah, on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. If, if no one else is gonna watch what is it? it, it Infinite Darkness. Yeah. If no one else is gonna watch it, I will report live from the front because Claire is my favorite Resident Evil character. I will report what she's doing on in Netflix land. Well, the game takes. Well, I think the anime series. I think the series is canon. It's a prequel. No, it's a se. Oh, I think it's a sequel. It takes like, place in two thousand six. I think it's before Resident Evil six. No, you know, actually, it's right after Resident Evil five. I, right after Resident yeah. Evil six is twenty twelve. Yeah, so it's before these at the beginning of Resident Evil Six. Uh, for spoilers for those of who haven't played Resident Evil Six, but the president is a zombie. I think this is how Leon gets the presidential protection job that he eventually fails at. Mm, it's a did um actually it's a different president in Resident Evil Six. Hold on, I'm googling. Five. I'm gonna I'm I'm fact checking, which is the worst thing anybody could do on a podcast. Step between it, the. Oh, uh, there we go. Step between the events of Resident Evil 4 and 5, the series played six in 2006. Yep. So it's, bef- it's before Chris Redfield ever punches a boulder. <laughs> oh, man. I can't get over that. 
It was great. Yet again, um, I'm I'm the fan of the dumbest parts of Resident Evil, so maybe I'm not the person to ask. I, I just couldn't. I can't even, bro. <laughs> What's Sheva up to these days? Make a Sheva game. She's probably chilling in Australia at this point. <laughs> She's probably smart. She's staying out of all this zombie nonsense. <laughs> Even better, she's probably modeling that Robin outfit. Hey, oh, oh, she was so cool. He's underrated, oh. man. I I'm surprised they just didn't bring her back into um. Well, that's probably there's too many. There's too many people. It's like I'm glad they cle- they killed Pierce from RE6 because he's the one less guy to keep track of. <sighs> what a shame. Tisk tisk. Hmm. I love how we can just talk so many things about Resident Evil and we have so much. We can go on and on and on. It's like, this is great. Like, uh, this is wild. I love it. If, if there's one role I can play in this podcast is I can continually bring up Resident Evil regardless of what topic we're talking about. Right. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's the greatest. It's the greatest series. It's, it encompasses everything. Yeah, I agree. I definitely have to agree with that. Shifting, <laughs> slightly shifting gears. Am I got anything with news or oh, anything cool. with that? I've got, uh, so I've, I have a very niche news story. I know you probably want to talk about something really serious, but I'd, li- I'd really like to quickly let you guys in on the uh, info of the rolling technique for NES Tetris, if anyone's interested. Oh, the yeah. rolling technique. Yeah. Let's see All right, so... So NES Tetris is still played at a high level because it is the most controlled form of Tetris. So mm-hmm. if, if you even play modern Tetris, there's no quick drop. There is no holding pieces. So professional or as best as you can get to professional Tetris, professional Tetris is mostly played on the traditional NES Tetris. So for the longest time, there were two main techniques for Tetris. There's something called DAS, which is where people would hold the left or the right buttons before a piece would spawn is the best way to kind of get them to the left or right. Because once you get to a certain point, Tetris moves faster than how people can react. The other form was pioneered in Japan, which is called hyper-tapping, which is you would hit almost like fighting game style. You would rapidly tap left or right on the D-pad to quickly mm. move, a, move a space. This is the coolest thing ever. So rolling was just discovered, and it's almost impossible to describe but people are holding their thumb on either the left or right D-pad, and then they are drumming on the back of the controller because they've realized that the impacts of their four other fingers can register movements quicker than trying to move with just their thumb. How cool is that? Interesting. That is so cool. So it is completely revolutionized pro-Tetris. Um, so Tetris was set, like most things, most most professional esports, uh, Tetris set a little bit back by uh, the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And so the World Tetris Championship that will happen this year will now have dassers, they'll have hyper-tappers, and they will have rolling players. Um, rolling players in particular are currently using um, the only kind of modded controller that Tetris allowed, which is called the Goofy Controller, which uh, is a left-handed controller because it allows you to more easily handle the left uh, the D-pad because you're playing kind of almost in reverse. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see. Um, this has been a, a really crazy year for Tetris in general. Unfortunately, um, one of the most famous players in all of Tetris, Jonas Newbaum, passed away this year uh, oh, yeah. from an aneurysm, unfortunately. 
Um, so it looks like Joseph and Green Tea are probably the most two famous Tetris players available. But I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what role Rolling has in this year's World Tetris Championship. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. Really but it's, it, it's the game that came from the 80s. People are finding better ways to play it. It just goes to show you, you know, just over time, people just figure these things out. It's, it's amazing. It, it is. It's, it's that kind of thing where you leave like a game alone, like Marvel two or something like that, where people yeah. just like, they find every possible way to mess with a game. And now it's like, Oh, well, if we hit the back of a controller, it's the best way to play Tetris. Right. Or Tetris. I mean, of all the games, that's great. It's really cool. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link in the show notes of this episode, I'm going to link to a, there's a particular YouTube channel called A Scout. And uh, this guy has covered Tetris for a couple of years now. Um, my girlfriend, who is pays some attention to gaming and stuff like that, uh, has seen his Tetris documentary and found it to be really, really cool. So I think this is a wide appeal kind of thing that people could check out. All right. I know there's I bigger news that. in the world. Do you have bigger news? <laughs> Sam, why don't you go? <laughs> okay, well, I'll make mine quick because mine is about desert people. <laughs> I know we've talked a lot about that, but I got excited because, you know, Resident Evil 4 is going to be coming for the Oculus Plus 2, which I just got into VR. I just got my first VR back in December 2021 or 2020. And so it just having a game that I love to, you know, the series that I love to play being remade where I can play it on my VR, like that's going to be wild. It's going to scare me, but it's, it's going to be super interesting. And, you know, I was reading about it today and mm -hmm. some things that they're going to, you're going to be able to do, like physically pick up your weapons, which, you know, if you play VR, uh, it's wild when you first start to play um, because if you have the space, you can walk around or you can use the teleport uh, system, which is on your controllers and you just kind of move around like that. Um, but I've played a lot of games where you feel like you're actually in the game. You're in the, you know, you're, you're there. So one of the first games that I played was Vader and I remember the part where Darth Vader was walking towards me and in that moment we were like face to face it was wild so when I think about something like you know Resident Evil being on VR I got pretty excited for that so they don't have a release date yet they haven't said it, but they said sometime this year so I'm really looking forward to that do you ever play super hot in VR yes <laughs> that is hot Hot. Super hot. Super yes. hot. <laughs> yes. I uh, I've had a lot of fun with, you know, different VR games from um Beat Saber. Beat Saber? Yeah, Beat uh, Saber. I guess I don't know what would you compare them to. <laughs> it almost reminded me of Guitar Hero. Just because, yeah. you know, you're following along. But they couldn't really get into that. Um so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, it's just with the VR being face to face to these characters, it's mm -hmm. completely different than playing on TV. It's you might get VR Salazar. Yeah, 
it's uh-uh. it's intense. <laughs> so I I got excited. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. I, I mean, VR yeah. can be an interesting thing. I know a lot of people are disappointed that uh, RE8 hasn't hit VR, but I really do feel like yeah. a- having played RE8, I really do feel like it's a different beast from 7. They, oh, they, they God, probably yeah. want to get a little extra practice. I yeah. Think, yeah. Mm, I don't think, I feel as though for VR, I don't think VR would be a, I think VR would be good to a point in 8. But after playing eight for a while, after like when you encounter those lichens, like this is not like a, this is not a slow game here, people. Like when you play eight, I don't know how you can keep up with VR given the nature of how eight is. Seven is methodical. Eight is not so much. I can see how it will work in some sections, but. I don't know if eight would be good for VR though. Yeah, just some people just Like if you put eight on VR, you're gonna have to put a disclaimer saying you might get motion sickness. Here's a here's a doggy bag. Here's a barf bag. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely some games. Yeah, because it's like the the lichens can jump on roofs, they can jump down. Yeah, you're right. There's you there's a lot of movement. Moving your head that much. Be... Maybe if you're just being tracked by the lady. I don't know. It's it's you have to have the enclosed spaces for the VR. Right. right. Maybe you'd it, skip the village. Right. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Read, they can read. You know, read it and they can change things, but. Probably doesn't sound like it. I'll be curious to see what they end up doing. I think it's interesting they're going to four before eight. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. I am as well. Because I know a lot of people were real big fans of. I actually have a friend. My, my best friend is like, I'm not going to play eight till it's VR, and I'm like, uh, you might not want to wait. Right. The memes are real strong. Yeah. This lady's real big. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how I would feel uh, meeting the lady in VR. Yeah, she's real big. <laughs> oh yeah, like I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, dude, dude, dude. I was like, I was like, damn, she's hot. Wait, she's nine. <laughs> wait, she's nine feet eight inches. Like death yeah. by like, hey baby, death by snoo snoo. <laughs> this is snoo snoo. Yes, there's not a doorway she doesn't <laughs> lean under. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah imagine that like or you know right i was like yeah <laughs> it's like uh, i was like oh wait she's got hot daughters too it's like do i really want to do this like can i just take you on a date i don't want to hurt you yeah. well the funny thing is like when i i ran a thing where it's like i was trying to avoid one of the daughters and literally backed into the mom and it's like oh no what a nightmare oh boy yeah that's funny so many things could go from that statement, and I will leave. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. Put that in my bio. Let everyone know. Yup. <laughs> leave that as it is. It'll be interesting um, to see if they with you know the entire series of VRs. We'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to seeing because it's, at a certain point they put they put a lot more. 
I know that they put out a lot more. They've been making a bigger deal about the actresses that played everybody and all the facial capture they did for this. So I have to imagine mm-hmm. the VR, they really want to like nail everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely, you know, going to um, remaster textures and, you know, all that good stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real nuts. It's real nuts. Uh, Tris, do you have any, uh, what's your story of the, your news story? What, what do you have in the land of news? All right. Well, I I got some stuff. I got one big thing, one one thing about news, and I've got like, well, I got two things: one short, one long. Not well, they're both short actually. So, this is one thing I just learned about. I don't know if anyone kind of keeps up with news in terms of acquisitions. So, Time Warner slash Warner Brothers and A and T, AT and T, they merged with Discovery Communications. Crazy. Which I thought there were I thought there were something already. So I'm like, wait a minute, Discovery? Like, don't you guys just have like Discovery channels? Like, no, you they do like HDTV and things of that nature. And everybody knows what Warner Brothers is, you know. Warner Brothers, Time Warner, CNN, TNT, TBS, Cartoon Network, the Adult Swim version of Cartoon Network, everything's getting merged. Well, so you think. Because the fate of Warner Brother Games is unknown. And you gotta remember which comic book label owns it's being owned by Warner Brothers? DC. Mm-hmm. So DC Comics is no longer under Warner Brothers, it's now under Discovery Communications now, which is weird. So, in a big sense, what does that leave to anybody else? Well, it's not going to be under Warner Brothers anymore. So, the fate of the latest Batman Arkham game where Bruce Bruce Wayne dies. Nobody knows what's going on with that. And you got to remember, Traveler's Tales is a um, Warner Brothers studio. You may not remember the developer, but anything that's like Lego, Star Wars, or Lego anything, that falls under that umbrella too. So nobody knows what's going to happen with that. Or or the um, the Suicide Squad game. That's no information on that now. Or Mortal Kombat, which was under Warner Brothers. Nobody knows what's going to happen with that. So I have a feeling this might put a slight damper on... Some upcoming release projects because it is merger slash sell off. Because I think this was done to offset a an one hundred billion dollar debt. So things got sold off and you know junk debt's been you know either modified or shifted around. But as far as I'm concerned, um, some of these fate the fate of these games are going to be unknown, especially for those who favor any. Lego titles like Lego Star Wars, Lego Indiana Jones, Lego Marvel, like Lego anything. So that's going to be an issue for quite a few people. And that's and (laughs) so nobody knows what's going to happen with that. Actually, can, can I take a big swing on this story? Before there's an unrelated story that I think starts to make sense. So there's been rumors swirling for a while now 
that um, NetherRealm Studios, which is owned by WB that makes the Mortal Kombat games, has potentially been making a Marvel fighting game. Um, I've read that, yeah. So that Mm. starts to make a little bit more sense knowing that Warner Brothers is in trouble and is being spun off from AT&T. Could potentially they be using that Marvel money to stay in business? That, that, that seems to be the thing where instead of this being like a crazy, like, oh, how crazy it is, maybe they're taking a Marvel deal to stay afloat. That could be. I mean, how ironic is that? Because Marvel is owned by Disney. Yeah. It, it does seem bananas, and maybe they, they'll do like another. I mean, the Injustice games are T-rated. I don't know if they can get away with another like, oh, no, it's Marvel, but everything's dark. But I, I'm not quite sure what game netherrealm could make with the marvel characters well i've read something about that it's rumored to be avengers versus x-men oh yeah that storyline okay yeah like phoenix force and everything yes so it's a possibility that that can be tied into that it's unconfirmed at this point but there there have been some whispers about it now my thing is now you know my love and my you know my affinity for fighting games my thing is i really hope the game doesn't turn out to be janky because you know coming from marvel cat marvel vs capcom one two and three everything was crisp everything was smooth and then when you play injustice this isn't this is not a potch on the game but the way how it moves feels like it's kind of that's a diff so to say so I'm wondering if they're going to have like a new engine or if it's going to be one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three. I, I, I have no idea. I, I feel like Netherrealm's biggest advantage is the story mode stuff, though. They, they, they do facial scans so well. Like, it, it's this weird thing where it's like, I um, after watching the Mortal Kombat movie, I went like, you know, I ever played Aftermath. So I picked up Aftermath and went, I kind of wish I hadn't played Aftermath. <laughs> so, But it, it was, it, they still look great. So I think a Marvel film would look at least neat with NetherRealm. I don't know what story they tell, especially with the, the X-Men versus the Avengers. If they're doing like the Phoenix thing, the Phoenix Force story, mm-hmm. that, that, could be, that could be a possibility. I'd be curious to see what they want to do. Because they... they I'm curious. I, I don't know if I could handle like NetherRealm having another thing that keeps us in between Mortal Kombat's. Not that they probably want to make another another Mortal Kombat game now that they're like rebooting the universe anytime soon. Right. I'm just kind of wondering like what is going to happen. Like, well, Rock Rocksteady is in such a weird place too because like Arkham Knight. Even though I I like that game, like where do you follow that? Like they. We're in a post Batman world. Who wants to play that game where you can't be Batman? Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. It it is. I mean, I worked in comic book stores when the the like the next Batman story happened, where like Jason Todd, Dick Grayson, and like uh, a, and, and a couple of people all tried to be Batman, and Tim Drake all tried to be Batman, and no one really bought that. So like that, the video game doesn't really light my fire. That's true. I think with this upcoming game, it's everyone's just being themselves. Mm-hmm. And everyone has their own methodology of taking out bad guys. 
So who knows what exactly could happen. But right now we're just going to have to wait and just see because nobody knows the status of anything. Oh, I mean, the thing, the game at this point is probably tabled on the shelf somewhere until all this acquisition nonsense is all done. But who knows? It's just kind of hard to say. Well, I'll be reading the tea leaves, a.k.a. Ed Boone's Twitter feed while this all sorts out. Uh, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> but it, it'll be curious to see where that all ends up. I mean, they make good-looking games. I don't know if they pl- they make the best playing games. They definitely do. They definitely do. So, if anything, you know, the stories of these games are really good. Yeah. So, I'll give it to them. Oh, do they own the Lego? They own the Lego license too. WB does. So I yes. mean, that's. Yeah. I hate yeah. to say it. As much as I love Mortal Kombat, like that's the thing that a studio will want to scoop up. They'll want to scoop up Legos. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Anything that's Legos, that's just money. Yeah. Straight. Oh, they own Monolith too. Jeez. Yeah. Sorry, Monolith. I'm on. I'm on the WB Games website, just kind of like looking through. Like, wait, what do these guys own? Yeah, and those are the people bit. that made Fear, I think, right? Yeah, Mon- it was um, Sierra and Monolith. Monolith is a WB studio. Oh, so so uh, they have Injustice, Mortal Kombat, Hitman, Scribblenauts. Um, but but Hitman, I think, is independent at this point. So there's a yes, it is independent now. If they ever make a Middle Earth Shadow of War, another one of those. There's a rumor that that is actually on that's a second one or a third one in the works. There's I would love to see one of those that worked better. I got stalked by the same dude, like that whole nemesis system. I had the same jerkwad orc following me like five times in a row, and I went, "This system doesn't work." That's hilarious. He's like, "You remember me?" I'm like, "Yeah, I saw you four minutes ago, doofus." Like. Leave me alone. Wow. I might be the one person that thinks the Nemesis system is garbage. I hear everyone go like, oh, the Nemesis system is amazing. I'm like, nah, it's not incredible. You have one guy follow you. Yeah, shame I didn't give that game too much time, no. I got sidetracked. I think I beat that. I might have beat that. That might have been a Game Pass game. Now that I think about it, like at some point. So I remember beating it, yes. but I don't remember buying it. <laughs> and my second piece of news is I don't know if anyone is a Mega Man fan, but. Who I am. Okay, so you know what came out today, right? Oh, I feel embarrassed. I guess I'm not a Mega Man fan. What came right. out today? <laughs> All right, let me give you some. All right, so let me give you some backstory. The year is 1994. If you're lucky, you probably have Sega Channel. If you're lucky. If anybody has not heard of Sega Channel, I'll give you a quick story, quick backstory. So in the mid-90s, um, Sega did their own, how should I say, their Xbox Live service back then. It was called the Sega Channel. Um, if you were lucky to actually have it in your area, you can have a Sega modem attached to like your phone line and your Genesis. And what it would do is it would just download content 
Ubuntu to modem and you can just straight up play. So at the time, I feel as though it was kind of revolutionary, but it was a case of this is a case of being too future because nothing else had been done like that before, especially for a console. So with that, you can play with people online. Yes, using your 56K, not even 56K, yeah, 56K modem or your phone line, playing with anybody who actually had the Sega channel. Did a, um, this, the subscription was roughly like $80 a month, and that was a lot of money back in like 1994. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. And one of the games that was released only on the Sega channel was Mega Man The Wily Wars. And this was basically a rearrangement of Mega Man 1 through 3. And it only got a U.S. Sega channel release. Japan got an actual physical release. Even Europe, with the 50 hertz slowdown, got their release. But today, pre-orders have opened to get the Mega Man The Wily Wars the official U.S. release for the first time in 27 years. Ever. That was pretty awesome. That was really exciting. So pre-orders, I think they're like $69.99. You get the game, you get the booklet, you get some goodies with it. But this is more important for Mega Man fans as this is a collector's item. And every copy that you get is individually numbered. And this is important because many fans have been begging Capcom to do this. They've been begging and begging and begging. And this is the only avenue that you can get it. No other way that you can finally get it. So the biggest thing is it has rearranged music. Um, the music is slightly different, but it's still the same. You know, it has like the Genesis processors and the synthesizers for the music in it. Um, the sound effects are, have been tweaked. Some gameplay issues have been taken care of in terms of, you know, like sound cutting out or sprites cutting out. Um, and there's like another mode in there that's called the Wily Tower. After you beat the first three games in the game, you take on this Wily Tower and you can bring a mix and match eight weapons from the three games to take with you, which is pretty good. Plus, there are three bosses in the game that are based off the Chinese tale um, Journey to the West, which is kind of interesting. But if you are a Mega Man junkie like myself, it'd be in your best interest to start looking into it and get it. <laughs> You know, are they gonna just have a limited release? I don't um I don't know if it's so much a limited release. I don't know how many they're gonna make. Right. That's the that's the thing. I don't know. But if you're interested, not a bad idea to get it. <laughs> that definitely sounds exciting. I mean it, it's it's the first couple of games, right? It's before like at least one, two, and three. Yeah, there's only one, two, and three. Yeah, I mean that's that's classic Mega Man right there. Yeah, it is. So, 
If you're interested, you may want to jump into it. Man, oh man. I already have the legacy collections. Those those have been pretty good to me so far. They have been. The uh the first legacy collection was actually outsourced by Digital Eclipse. The second one was actually done by Capcom internally. Which is actually kind of rare because if Capcom is actually doing it internally, then the quality of the title is usually pretty good. The X collection was not done by no. Um, <laughs> no, it was not done by Capcom internally. Um, it was actually done by M2, and M2 is an emulation house, and they do a very, very good job. It oh, was, Lord. yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the X series. I think I might actually be, I recently, uh, not recently, geez, like 13 years ago, I, I tried to LP all the Mega Man friends with uh, Mega Man games with a friend. It was like, oh my goodness, I think I'm an X fan. I think I'm more of an X fan than a Mega Man fan. I had not realized that until I tried to play those games. Ah, uh, gotcha. One of those bosses is a train. <laughs> oh, yeah, Charge Man. Charge Man, Toot Toot. Toot Choo, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there, you know, as much as I, I don't like Charge Man, I would wear a Charge Man t shirt because there's something. Oh, Almost crazy about the fact that one of the bosses was a train. I'm a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the character designs on some of these bosses are kind of off the chain. Like, oh, we got a chain? Oh, a train? Yeah. Okay. A spring? Spring man? Spring man. A star man is still my favorite. Star man or top man? Okay. I'm a fan of the dumbest of the, uh, the Mega Man bosses. Uh, I don't think Starman is dumb to me. Top Man, I don't know about Top Man, but hey, everybody's different. <laughs> Spin to win. Spin to win. Oh my God. <laughs> Spin to win, baby. Let's go. Yeah. I enjoy Needle Man and Shadow Man myself. So. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Crash Man for obvious reasons. Ever want to where my handle came from? Add Needle yeah. Man and Crash Man and Needle Minus Demand. The there you go. Crash. Well, that's the funny thing. It's like I joke to you. It's like mine came from the fact that it's like I needed a, a username and there was a Tales of the Sword Ghost Baldur's Gate box next to me. That's where the Sword of Sword 5 comes from. Nerd! Nerd? <laughs> oh, man. Baldur's Gate, the nerdest of his... Did I, wait, did either of you play Baldur's Gate back in the day? I know they've re-released it. Nah, I have not actually. There's a there's a space hamster in that game. There's a space hamster in yeah. Baldur's Gate. Interesting. Well, maybe. There's a character that claims he owns a space hamster. So if you want to believe him, there's a space hamster. If not, that dude just has a hamster. I got the face like. The meme of the, <laughs> the small boy looking around, saying yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> looking around, kind of confused, like, oh, Space Hamster, Dark Alliance, okay, toodaloo, bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yeah, it, it's, it's... I'm always a fan of whenever Mega Man gets into the... Actually, you know what? If I can pivot slightly on Mega Man... Uh... Just to just kind of wrap up this topic, I've either played a twenty XX or thirty XX. Oh yeah, I mean, to give those two a shot. Actually, I could vouch for twenty XX. I've not played thirty. Is thirty XX out? 
I think it might it, it might be an early access. Um, it is a procedurally uh, generated Mega Man game, and that may sound to be like a terrible idea, but it's a great. It, it, it plays better than you think. All right. Well, I'll definitely take your word for it. Um, I never played thirty, but I twenty was a lot of fun, and I have to imagine thirty is a better playing version of twenty. Uh, t- thirty is still an early access. You can grab it for twenty dollars. Hmm. Oh, that's not bad. But you have a you have a Mega Man you have a Mega Man character and an and a uh, zero if you've played the X games you have uh, mm-hmm. those two. But every time you play, you get different power ups. You do different stuff. There's co op. It's 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 a it's an interesting version of Mega Man. Oh, I will definitely have to give that a shot. But, I mean, that's the the fun part of this is like if you have Game Pass, if a couple of different things, you have a lot of different options. I mean, I mean, that's a it's, it's a fun thing of like if you're someone who just dips into gaming. Now, this is probably the best time for people who just want to kind of like dip their toes in every now and then. Yeah, I agree. Like we were saying, you know, Game Pass has so many different kinds of games. So there's something for everybody on there. It's it's been it's been a game changer. So it's really it's for me. Yeah, I agree. I just love playing games that I never would have given. Yeah. The the art games I've tried on Game Pass have been some of my favorite experiences. Where it's like, um, minute or um, I didn't have a chance to finish it because I was trying to play it with a friend and then Corona hit. But Wonder Song is another Game Pass game that Mm -hmm. I thought was incredible, but I didn't get a chance to finish it. It's you have a chance to play those kind of games where it's like you normally wouldn't dip into them and they 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 hit you real hard. Yeah, I don't know if you played Unravel. Ooh, Unravel! I have to add that to the list. Is that still on yeah. there? Uh, I believe it is. Oh, I'm gonna. They came out with the second one, but the first one, the ending is so emotional. It's ah, just like not real. prepared, but <laughs> it's you know it's a puzzle game where you're a little yarn guy, but it's. It's good. It's good. Oh, is that part of the EA Play? I think that EA has added a whole bunch of games to Game Pass. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, they have, haven't they? I think so. I mean, yeah, but that's that's a good thing. Squadrons is on there. I've been keep meaning to try Squadrons, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, that's one game I have to find time to play. If you want to play a game that's almost like so inaccurate, it has charm. Medal of Honor Airborne is on EA Play from Xbox Game Pass. Uh, That is a World War II game where your guns level up as you use them. (laughs) No, I'm good. (laughs) That's it's it's so weird. Where it's like I I think I played that back when it came out, and I was so charmed by the demo. It's like, ooh, wow, this uh, Grand will mutate into a better gun if I use it more. Which is not a not an honorable or not a not a recreation of World War Two worth it, but if you want to try a right. weird World War Two game, Medal of Honor Onboard. Probably play Sabotage, Saboteur instead, mm-hmm. but I heard that was pretty good, actually. If you want to climb up walls and see strip clubs, Saboteur, but if you want to have mutating guns, Medal of Honor Onboard. Hey. <laughs> see, so it's many choices. So many. <laughs> that sounds like a good time already. <laughs> But yeah, we're de- we're definitely in an interesting period of time where there's a lot of games, there's a lot of I stuff. Agree. I agree. Now's the time to jump in. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh, but yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff. A lot of fun stuff. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, is there, I guess, is there any final topics anybody has or anything? Um, I think I just have like one rant. And I think, oh, please, I, please take the floor. Uh, as a PC gamer, I definitely enjoy games running, you know, beyond consoles' capabilities in terms of frame rates, anti aliasing, ambient inclusion, all that stuff. What I don't like are launchers. This is I want to pull a Peter Griffin segment. You know what I don't like? I don't like all these I don't like all these launchers. And that really grinds my gears. Okay, Steam got their own. Great. When they first pushed out their stuff for Valve, and that's how it was when you had Half-Life and Counter-Strike and Half-Life, Opposing Force, Blue Shift, and then all the variations and you know, Deathmatch and this and that. And Steam may not be the best, but they were definitely the first. Now, everybody is getting their piece of the pie. EA with their nonsense with Origin and God, what's the other one? Their new one that's called like EA Play. That's the new one. Mm -hmm. It's like EA Desktop. That's what it's called. EA Desktop. And you have Origin. EA has two online DRMs for their games. Why? Ubisoft has their own because, oh, you want to play Assassin's Creed? Cool. So guess what? You need you play for it. So I create another account for that. Oh, hey, my name is CD Project Red. Um, Hey, why don't you play Cyberpunk on our DRM? Fine. Okay, hey, you like playing those really old games? You had to buy them on goodoldgames.com and you have to have our launcher too. Okay. Oh, I want to play some Fallout 76. Not so fast, buddy boy. Guess what you need? You need the Fallout launcher. Mm -hmm. When will this end? There's, oh yeah, um, I'm a direct competitor with Steam. My name is Epic. Uh, how many have I named off? Six? Seven? Yeah, already? I think it's going to be, it's going to become too overwhelming. It's just, I'm already overwhelmed. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's too much. It's, it's a lot. It is crazy where I feel like I only turn on Epic because they give out those free games. Like I, I log in solely to like, I'll claim those if I ever use the yeah. Epic launcher and then I immediately turn it off. Right. Exactly. The, the only reason why I have Epic is because Unreal Tournament got relaunched on it and then they pulled the plug for Fortnite. I was pissed off. And then I kind of felt my AIDS like, <laughs> Damn, I'm I'm that old guy now that likes playing old games like this. Like I'm about to just hide in the corner and cry and just get my ARP card and just say be gone. <laughs> but I mean it just comes to a point where hey, can we kind of combine these services? Because yeah. it seems like these gaming companies are taking a lot of notes from some of these major telecom companies just like how you have nbc has peacock disney has disney plus hp warner brothers has hbo max and cinemax and cbs paramount since they've merged that's something that i learned recently they have paramount plus i'm like oh my 
God, what, what is next? Like, I want to watch Rugrats. No, you need Paramount Plus. Like, I can't just watch it on Nickelodeon. Like, no, you need Paramount Plus. Like, what the, like, bruh, this is too much. It's okay. It's, oh, it just kind of gets tiring after yeah. a while. Well, at a certain point, you just start waiting for stuff to come to you. Like, you no longer start hunting for stuff. It's like, well, if I don't have that now, I will just, like, cross my heart and hope that it comes to me through one of the three, three streaming services I'm willing to take. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm going to lay here and hope a Mega Man comes across my way. Yes, DRM be damned. It, it is it is kind of nuts, like Epic and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's weird that that, and I guess maybe the market is big enough that it can handle all of those things. But it is crazy to see just how many they think you you can expect to log into and you can remember to log into. That's the problem. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't even really use Steam as much as I used to, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, all these DRMs, they're they're unique. They are unique in a sense. Because Steam sometimes gives you free games. Epic gives you free time for sometimes free games. You play, they give you achievements. And sometimes when you get achievements, you can get you play points. And when you get you play points, you can buy like Ubisoft merchandise or buy even more games. You're like, oh, that's kind of that's not a bad model, I guess. That's and EA, EA doesn't really have anything unless you have EA play. And it's like the list goes on. It's just all these hooks to keep you stuck, you know, stuck with their service. And yeah. sometimes it's just kind of like, hard. yeah, yeah, it's just hard, man. Like, well, that's ugh. my one hope of Game Pass because Game Pass EA Play, like, you don't have to worry about EA anymore because they got swallowed up. Well, not swallowed up, but like, if you have Game Pass, you can get EA Pass games. Exactly. Right. So that's like a oh cool. Not to like root for the bad guys, so to speak, where everything's consolidated under one umbrella, but it's like, oh cool, I could play Star Wars with just my game pass. Yeah. That's true. It's, it's very true. I'm like scrolling through game pass games, and I'm like, oh hey, some of these are terrible, but if I want to play all of the Dead Space games, I don't need to worry about that right oh, now. Yes, indeed. I can uh. actually play forget forget the relaunch of Mass Effect. Those are all available as well. Mm-hmm. And another thing is when you launch, let's say, a different company's game off of Steam, you still have to make an account using the game company. <laughs> Just like how I was playing Need for Speed Shift, it runs beautifully on my computer. Like, oh my lord, it looks so good. Wait, you need an EA account and an Origin account to link this game to play? Like, no, I don't do that and exactly and the same thing with you play oh wait we can't communicate with our servers you can't play like okay so i can't play i need to be online to play an offline game a pirate's life yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it, it is kind of funny how much all that's kind of gone over the way i mean it, for me it's it, it's weird it's like at a certain point i guess a, a re- the the adult gaming lifestyle so to speak is you just kind of wait for the stuff to come to you it's like the rarity is the game the like resident evil resident evil 8 is the last game i bought to buy like everything else just kind of it's like oh it's a neat surprise like you turn on you turn on your xbox you're like oh that final fantasy 10 is available now neat i can try that mm-hmm. out for a half hour yeah. oh wait games used to take 45 minutes to start never mind 
<laughs> right. <sighs> so true. It, it, it's neat to see where things go. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where we all like what we're all playing. Like if it's a which who ends up like devoting all their time to Resident Evil, so to speak, but like seeing right. what we're all playing next time we check in. Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like we have a you know, wide variety of what we like to what we can talk about. So I mean, it's, it's underhanded wise, the, the, the whole goal of this podcast is to step Trist into playing uh, Spiritfarer, so we're all Spiritfarer exactly. fans. Exactly. I knew, I knew you two are suspect as sus. I knew, yeah, I knew. you will uh, hug Alto by next week. You will. He, you will call him uncle and you will cry. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you're trying to give him my feels, I suggest you try harder, Hotshot. Trust me, you will you will do woodworking and you'll start being like, I feel really close to this frog. You will. You said woodworking. I already feel like I'm 65. Yeah, that was, so is Alto. Oh, God, that game is so cool. I'm waiting for the No Clip documentary about it. There's no No Clip documentary about Spirit Farrier, but it really feels like a game that should have one. I agree. Oh, speaking of documentary, really, really pl quick plug-in for Resident Evil 8. Um, there's actually making of Resident Evil 8 documentary out there, officially by Catcom. Y'all should look oh, into it. Shoot. Yeah, definitely. Because there actually there's a point that the QA team and the design team actually butt heads. So that's not something that you really see, I'm especially sure. from overseas. So you all should take a look at that. Yeah, awesome. I'm going to have to go check that out myself. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that, that is an, I, I'm, I'm excited by all the stuff that we managed to talk about in the, in, yeah. in this episode. Does anybody have any, any kind of final thoughts, so to speak? Any, any final things? I'm just looking forward to seeing where we go for a minute. Yeah. It's exciting. It's cool. I mean, the, the, yeah. here's the thing. Next time we check in, who knows what games we will have played and what things we will have found. <laughs> exactly. It's only, a matter, it's only a matter of time. And besides, within like a month, I mean, next month we got what? We got Guilty Gear's Drive is next month. Um, I think Deathloop may be coming fairly soon-ish. Previews have already dropped. Next month, I'm sorry, next week is Biomutant, which I'm actually really looking forward to getting and playing. I mean, we, we got some stuff, but you got to remember, next month is E3. Don't forget. Oh, really? Yes, E3 is oh, coming back. Yes, E3 is coming back. It's digital, but it is coming back. At least it's, it's a start. Yeah, well, I I will get excited about things in particular. Maybe I'll finally jump into this next generation, or I guess the current generation of consoles. Then, yeah, I gotta find a 4K TV first. And Never. Nah. <laughs> it took me till Corona to get a PS4 and a Switch. I'm I'll have to see if the world ends again for me to get an Xbox One and a PS5. Uh, like. I'm just holding off on PS5 for a while. Like, I really want to play Demon Souls Remake, but I ain't spending five hundred dollars to play a game that's done. <laughs> that's the weirdest thing. So I bought when I bought Resident Evil. I, I, I guess I, I know we keep drifting back to Resident Evil, but the Xbox copy I bought says like good for Xbox Series X and Xbox One. So I guess I've already bought to the future. Yep, you good man. <laughs> we're, we're in a weird land. A weird yeah. Land. <laughs> Thank you, Microsoft, for actually listening to your customers for the players. Ooh, yeah. it's 
it's bananas. Well, I mean, like that's the thing. It's like um, I don't know if either of you played Republic Commando, that Star Wars game, but it got re-released on the Switch and PS4. But they didn't bother to do Xbox because Xbox is replayable, so they didn't need to. Oh yeah, that's right. That doesn't make sense. I forgot all about that. Oh man, I'm gonna replay that game for next week. Let's uh, talk okay. about sounds good. Let's talk about the best Star Wars game ever made. Forget Koto or Republic Commando, <laughs> or Fallen Order, but that's for another conversation. Oh, all right, yeah, there we go. Table that for next week. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, there we go. Uh, uh, does anyone have any final thoughts for the Trifecta Podcast, or are we gonna put this one in the in the books or whatever gaming pun we want to use? <laughs> I, I say that we we covered it quite a bit, and all of us have our own different unique perspectives, and I say. Like a train, choo-choo, let's keep this moving.